Talks on psychoanalysis shares topics published in the IPA Society journals and Congress debates worldwide, brought to you in the voices of the original authors. We hope this window will allow you to experience the depth and breadth of psychoanalytic thought around the world. I am Gaetano Pellegrini and in today's episode Dr. Zussman offers us in an original way his understanding of a life organized between the dependence axis and the addiction axis. He also brings a revision of all concepts in a way that allows us to access a new reading of our human existence. Jose Alberto Zussman is chair of the IPA subcommittee on addiction. He is a full member and professor at the Psychoanalytic Society of Rio de Janeiro, professor and supervisor of psychoanalysis at the Psychiatry Residency Program at the Institute of Psychiatry. To stay informed about the latest podcast releases, please sign up today. It's a pleasure to be here to share with you in a very brief and as much as possible informal way, some of the main concepts contained in my most recent article entitled Between the Axis of Dependency and the Axis of Addiction, which shall be published along this present year of 2021 by the prestigious journal The Psychoanalytic Study of the Child, a publication that belongs to a branch of Columbia University dedicated to psychoanalytical study and research and is connected with the International Psychoanalytic Association, the IPA. To begin with, I'm going to make a small introduction underscoring some of the controversial issues present in my paper. The first main aspect I want to address is as put in the title, a coexistence of two axes present from the beginning to the end of our lives that are fundamental for the formation of ourselves the dependency axis and the addiction axis. The former one is committed with our human development and later with our survival. Both axes can either work in our favor or against our health, but usually work side by side in a complementary way. At the beginning of our life, the addiction axis is more noticeable and because of its concreteness, is responsible for the foundation of our existence. At the same time, the dependency axis is responsible for the first links we establish with our internal reality, where our first introjects are born. Although less visible at this first period, it's through the slow but steady evolution of dependency axis that we eventually manage to reach our abstract thinking, which is so particular of our species. With it, we gradually gain access to feelings like compassion and empathy, which enables us to create a special link we understand as the first steps of what we call love and which is so necessary to establish our connection with any other human being and with life as a whole. The other important aspect in my paper is the way I address the concepts of dependency, independency, autonomy, and addiction. There I state that dependency is a trait of our human species, 
while independence is a mere reaction formation aimed to disguise our dependency that's strongly understood as a weakness we must hide from others and even from ourselves. So, while dependency is an instinct, independency is a defense and a cultural myth. Independency is therefore unreachable and consequently brings us closer to pathology than to health. Autonomy is an expression of mature dependency that enables us to make conscious and unconscious choices in life. Addiction, as an axis, represents the strongest and the most primitive part of our personality, to which we recur whenever we are faced with any emotional pain that supplants our resources from the dependency axis. At the same time, as doing so, it halts our moves towards development and our connection with other human beings. To summarize in a more organized way, when faced with the fragility of our existence, we create a complex system to guarantee our survival that's composed of two central axes, the dependency axis and the addiction axis. They alternate between running parallel and striking at perpendiculars, at sometimes moving more towards health at others more towards illness. The axis of dependency carries us further in the direction of development, and at the same time, it's the more fragile one. That's quite understandable, because usually, the more complex the system is, the more fragile it gets. The axis of addiction, because of its concreteness, is the strongest one. Through this axis, we'll never reach our full human potentials. We are all born humans, but to reach our humanness, we depend on a long period of development in a proper external environment. All humans are vulnerable to transitioning between these two axes listed above. Through life, the stronger we remain, In the dependency axis, the healthier we become, while the longer we stay at the addiction axis, the more damaged we get. Interdependency belongs to the scenario of the dependency axis because whenever we depend on someone, we install a reciprocal relationship of mutual dependency. In the concreteness found on the addiction axis, we move always towards immediate satisfaction protection, but also to loneliness and isolation. Several authors like Winnicott, Kohut and McDougall have written about the importance of dependency and the damage loneliness brings to human health. The first of them was Fairburn. Already at his time, he was able to understand that total dependency of the newborn takes a gradual path to mature dependency. Winnicott says in a complementary way that independence was unattainable to the human species and that an independent person should be one whose care is taken by nurses in a mental hospital. During our development, we need a close connection with other human beings to form our first interjects. 
which are internal fragment representations of the external reality that surrounds us. Identification will come later as the most mature version of our first interjects. According to Winnicott, trauma means the breaking of continuity along the line of an individual's existence. And perhaps that's what best defines the dependency axis, the continuity of ourselves. In any event of an emotional trauma that interrupts our evolutionary progression along the dependency axis, we are forced to turn towards the addiction axis. As a metaphor, we act like a turtle that protects itself by withdrawing into its shell. In that condition, it doesn't walk forward, it doesn't relate with no one, but at least its life is preserved. There is a condition where infantile dependency takes over mature dependency. And when this occurs, and only then, we can talk about a malignant dependency. Its consequences are so catastrophic and jump so much to the eyes that dependency was wrongly seen as a symptom of several diseases. That's an enormous mistake with tragic consequences. Dependency is simply not synonymous with pathology. According with Philip Flores, dependency is not only a confusing and pejorative term, but it reflects a strong bias in our culture that only reflects our obsession with independency. Absolute dependency exists at the very beginning of our lives and corresponds to our confused impression of reality at that time. Absolute independency simply doesn't exist, except if we are too ill to believe it does. At the axis of addiction, there's always pain associated with frustration and deception as part of a fake scenario doomed to vanish with time. According to McDougall, at such moments, we are liable to eat, smoke, or drink more than usual. I would add to her words the abusive use of drugs, work, gamble, etc. But what really matters is not the object of addiction, but the specific relationship the addict establishes with the inanimate objects taking them for animate ones. It's important to consider that every object chosen will lead us through different paths, but all of them will inevitably lead us to a terrific, catastrophic end. We are all potentially addicts. And when I say that, I mean that we all use addictive resources when facing an unbearable emotional pain. The major problem is related with the frequency that happens and the length of such experience. The longer we do, the sicker we become. All addictions are repetitive and cause severe damage, and although addicts know this, they have no other resources to use to their advantage. For those in that condition, a small relief is better than nothing. 
all addictive object, objects represent a drop of pleasure and a notion of pain. The role of the psychoanalyst when treating an addict is a very difficult one. The analyst must bear the experience of being treated as a drug or any object thing that momentarily dulls the emotional pain. The process of treatment is pain painful both to the analyst and to the patient. It is in the encounter of pains that a pair may be formed. The patient may feel angry at the analyst for not having received the help he needed before. It's incumbent to the analyst to be patient, welcoming, and attentive. According to Perkins, psychotherapy of any trauma is the, the practice of rehumanization. At times, the patient may distance himself from the analyst because of his fear and suspicions. On the other hand, the analyst may distance himself from the patient because of his counter-transferential feelings to protect and to protect him from the addiction access. The emotional sign the pair entered through the addiction access is the encounter of an, an arid scenario and the feelings of boredom and somnolence. That usually happens when the dependency axis has been fractured and the addiction axis is taken over. As a result of that fracture, both patient and analyst stop exchanging emotional messages. The abstract thinking disappears and words and ideas give way to a great void, bringing an extremely uncomfortable experience for, for the pair. Kohut explains that what is feared in loneliness is not physical extinction, but loss of humanness. What we may expect of a su successful therapeutic encounter in those comings and goings is a chance for an addict to establish a reliable connection with another human being, the analyst, which can enable him or her to finally give his or her first, first steps towards a meaningful life. According to Ken Zian, my former postdoc mentor in Harvard, there is an enormous suffering at the heart of the addictive disorders. The worst fate, fate however, is not the suffering. The worst fate is suffering alone. As Johan Harry beautiful, beautifully puts in his book, Chasing the Scream, The opposite of addiction is connection. I would add to that that this connection is always with another human beings. And that's all for now. For those interested in more details, I remind you that the complete article will be at the psychoanalytical study of the child that's going to be released until the end of this year of 2021. And there you'll find the full bibliography. And more important than that, you'll find two clinical cases where I show how this theory came about and how it can be put in practice. I hope you will enjoy reading 
and that it will be useful to deal with severe cases through a psychoanalytic perspective.